save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Every car comes with its uh, share of stories. You know that, right? That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. The luxury package you got after that big promotion. Or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof, watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, you already knew it was going to cost you, right? But now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Car cash offer not available in all areas. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, new every Thursday, podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for listening, downloading, streaming, all that good stuff. It is greatly appreciated. As you probably hear from the audio quality, I am uh, on the road this week coming to you from Los Angeles for my monthly visit here at the Rainbow uh, where I perform or I should say I, uh, I host I guess there's some performance involved as well, but I host something called the Trunk Nation LA Invasion, and that happens uh, with a bunch of great guests, and at the time you're hearing this open, I'm getting ready to do that, and that's going to be happening this time around with Sammy Hagar and his band The Circle, who have a new record coming out, as well as Duff McKagan, who's going to be joining me with Shooter Jennings, so that should be a lot of fun, and... uh that's what I'm in L.A. for. Also had a chance to host the latest Dio Cancer Fund event for the Ride for Ronnie. That went real well. Uh, nice surprise when Dave Grohl came down and joined us and jammed a little bit. Uh, that was a big, big, uh, cool moment that nobody expected. Dave lives in Encino, which is close to where uh, 
which is in the in in the place where we do the ride for Ronnie for the Dio Cancer Fund. And he literally was walking by earlier in the day, saw the stage, saw what was going on, came back and played a couple songs with the all-star band that was assembled. And uh, it was really, really cool. They did Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy and they did Bomber by Motorhead. So it was a great day for a great cause for the Dio Cancer Fund. The latest uh, event is in the books. Thanks to everybody who came out. I'm here in L.A. As I said, I'm recording this on the Monday prior to the Thursday that it debuts. So I'm getting ready for the uh, pod uh, for the uh, L.A. Invasion show from the Rainbow. And then Tuesday, uh, which will have been this past Tuesday when you hear this, I've hosted uh, Sammy Hagar's show at the Troubadour here in L.A. Then fly back Wednesday. And then Thursday, I am off to North Carolina, Rockingham to be exact, where I will be at the Epicenter Festival this weekend, which I will be uh, doing a side stage performance with my That Metal Show partners, Don Jameson and Jim Florentine. If you're attending Epicenter, we will be on the Village stage, I believe it's called, uh, whatever the side stage is. We will be there on Friday and Saturday only at 5.45 is when our performance time is. So come by. Don and Jim will be doing a little comedy. I'll be doing some storytelling. We'll have a good time there if you are attending the Epicenter Festival in North Carolina this weekend. Then from there, I go to Hangout in um, Alabama. That is for a TV shoot for Trunk Fest for Access TV. And then from there, it's to Tulsa for Rocklahoma, which is here already Memorial Weekend. So a jam-packed May around all of that. Of course, daily radio shows on Sirius XM Volume 106, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, replay 9 to 11 Eastern, and on demand on the Sirius XM app. And that's where all the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk podcast originate from. That being said, I'll keep things Short here at the top because we do have two interviews for you this week. And I also, um, you know, like I said, as you can hear, pretty busy running and gunning in a lot of different directions. So interview number one, we go back to the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which sailed this past February. And an interview with Snake Sabo from Skid Row, who also brought his new lead singer or the new lead singer for Skid Row, Z.P. Tiert. I think that's how you say his name. First time I had a chance to meet ZP. And Snake, of course, is an old friend for decades now. And this interview happened on board the Monsters of Rock Cruise as the band were getting ready for their performance, which they did an amazing job on this uh, this year. They really did. I mean, they played only one time, but they brought the house down, packed the theater. And it was the first time I had a chance to see the band with ZP, their uh, current lead singer. So you get a little sense of what he's about and get a little uh, update on Skid Row and what they're doing. Again, this originated live on board the Monsters of Rock Cruise in February. And then the second interview, a little more recent, a recent call-in that I had with Glenn Hughes, of course, of Deep Purple fame. Glenn is currently touring, doing a Deep Purple set around the world. Talk a little bit about that, his future plans, and some other stuff as well. So a little check-in with Glenn Hughes and uh, sit down with Snake and ZP from Skid Row. That'll come first, followed by Glenn Hughes for this week week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Keep up with everything I have going on because there's a lot going on. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk. Twitter, where I'm most active, most up to the second. And you can always check out my official online home, which is eddietrunk.com. So we'll get to it, uh, starting with Skid Row, coming up right after this on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. (laughs) 
60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? You can get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate true cash offer from a local true car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out. And uh, you guys can look at over together. You can ask questions. You get the answers you need. So there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trading your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Hello, guys. It's MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. Check out my podcast, You're Welcome, with Chael Sonnen every Wednesday and Friday right here at Podcast One. We cover the latest in mixed martial arts and everything else going on in the world of sport. Listen free to You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen, exclusively available at PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Snake Sabo, ladies and gentlemen. Don't feel compelled to clap. It's really not warranted in any way. And uh, meeting, meeting for the first time. I met for the first time yesterday, and I'll see perform and sing for Skid Row for the first time ever on this cruise tonight. ZP Tiert, yeah, am I saying that right? Close enough. I'll, I'll take that. Close enough. Yeah, I'll take that. ZP, welcome, man. Nice to meet you. Likewise. How many gigs are you into? Uh, how much time are, do you have logged in Skid Row at the moment? Uh, did, have you done a year yet? What are we looking at? Three years. Three years? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you're still doing it, huh? Yeah. And where have you been? You haven't had enough of this guy by now? Well, he's grating on me a little. Yeah, I under- a little. <laughs> oh, my God. You got the I've got to be nice a little as well. So talk a little bit about uh, your, your, how you got into the band and how this came about for you. Well, there's this uh, gay chat line online. EddieTrunk.com. I've known Rachel for a while, and... Um, when the opportunity arised, he gave me a shout, and uh, we just took it from there. Mm-hmm. Where was your first gig with Skid Row? Was in uh, Mohegan Sun, Connecticut. Yeah. And how was that for you? It was great. It was about, what is it, 5,000 people? It was yeah, baptism it was, of fire. <laughs> you know what's interesting is that when, when we started going through this search and things fell apart with, uh, with Tony... Tony Harnell had been in the band, what, six months, maybe? I think ten. Ten months. Yeah. I saw one of his early shows right. with that right. show in Vegas. So things fell apart, as they do. And um, Rachel, as Z had said, Rachel and Z had known each other. And Z had actually, in one of his previous bands, had done a UK tour with us, opening up for us, in a band called IMI. And so Rachel had said, you know, why don't we fly Z over and jam with him and see what happens? And we were like, I, I personally was like, okay, cool. You know, anything's got to be better than what, what the situation that we had. And he shows up and he knew more of our catalog than we knew. He like knew like 20 songs right off the bat. And he's, we're like, what do you want to jam on? I'm thinking maybe two or three songs. He's like, 
here you go, man. I know all this. So whatever you want to do, I got. And we went through a bunch of stuff, and I was really, really blown away by just the the work that he put into it and knowledge of the songs and also the respect that he showed those songs from the past, doing them justice and, and, and serving uh, you know, their, the, the legacy that they have, serving that and being respectful of where those songs came from and, and how they were recorded previously and stuff, and yet, but yet still taking ownership of them as well. Now, ZP, where did you grow up? South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Now, was Skid Row a big deal in South Africa? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> We're still not. No, still not. <laughs> no. Um, I got hold of the records, you know, and it, it was the soundtrack of many a crazy adventure in my childhood. So uh, I, I knew the lyrics just because it was playing nonstop. And, uh, you know, I had to do it. it. Was there any reservations for you going into a – look, we just had, before you came on this show – we just had Queensryche on. Right. And you've got a guy in Queensryche, in Todd Latore, who had to step into what some people felt were irreplaceable shoes with Jeff Tate. He's great, by and, the way. And has been unbelievably embraced by the fans. And I think a part of it, too, not only has Todd done such a great job, but he also took the whole band shifted back towards where fans wanted him to go, which was in more a harder, heavier direction. But for you, was there any reservations? You know you're no dummy. You're coming in. Now, there's two guys before you that maybe softened the blows a little bit. <laughs> of, you know, a lot, actually. I guess. Solinger and Tony Harnell. But, so it's not an immediate thing. But you know you're no dummy. You know that that thing's always going to be hanging over you, that comparison to, to Sebastian, what he did in the band on those records. So was there any hesitation for you coming into this saying, I don't even know if I want to be dealing with that stuff? Not at all. Not, did I, you I, embrace it? I, I, dude, I've got so much respect for the band and the music. <clears throat> and I didn't care. All I needed to do was get in there, do my best. And dude, do it the way that if I was stood in the crowd, I'd be going, fuck yeah, I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know? And just do that. And, and what everyone, there's no shoes to fill. I, I don't step in other people's shoes. I just got to do what I got to do. And if I'm happy with it, I don't care what anyone else thinks. That's what happened. And that's kind of what, when we jammed for the first time, it felt like really easy. It wasn't difficult at all. And I had my guard up, you know, and I was, I was ready for a fight and almost just waiting for some sort of confrontation to occur because I was just... I was pissed at what we had been through up to that point. And he made it so easy, man. Just Why so do easy. you think things uh, unraveled so badly with Tony? Why do you think things didn't work out with Tony? Uh, we didn't know him from a work standpoint. Like We, didn't, we were never in that city. We were friends outside of bands. Never worked with him before. And just we have our way of doing things for better or worse. We just have, you know, we started the band in 86. And we have a way that we run our business and it just didn't jibe with how he runs his life it just didn't work how close were you after the departure or dismissal of tony to doing a reunion pretty close uh i imagine the pressure had to be pretty big from every quarter at that point to go we're going to go to a fourth singer or we're going to go you know what i said pretty close and that that's actually not true and and i'm thinking about it because we didn't get beyond text messaging each other to be quite honest and again it was it was for whatever reason there was all this stuff i think i just lost you my mic's out your mic's out yeah Anyway, so... This is what everybody wants to hear, for Christ's sakes. What are you talking about, the mic's out? Ed, do you hear us back there? 
Yes. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just the mic in the room went out. Okay. The PA whistle went out. So, and as long as we're good, continue. Sam. So uh, we ju- we didn't get beyond the text messaging phase, and and it was same old stuff. Just seemed to exist where there was you know this confrontational sort of demeanor going back and forth between uh, myself and and you know Sebastian, and so. It got to the point where I, I'm, I'm so proud of what we were able to create throughout the entire history of this band. And that will never change. But some things just don't work anymore. And people go their separate ways. And there's just you can't get that back together. I'm fine with that. Because I, I play music to be happy. I don't play music for a paycheck. It's great to get paid to do what you love. But I don't, I've never done it for the money. It's always been about my love of music. And that's what it still is at my old crusty age. It's still because I love the guitar and I love creating and I love the response. I love being able to connect in some way with an audience. That's why I started playing music was because I didn't know how to communicate. So it, it came out through music, through song. And playing with Z in the band has brought a, a real joyousness back to our lives. You can see it. It's not... It's not faked or phony. You can see it when we play. And that's what I live for. I live for those moments of just absolute joy. A reunion would have been great from a, from a, for a lot of other people who, want, who have wanted to see that happen. But for us, it, was not, it would not have been pleasurable, to be quite honest. Uh, last thing on that. Did you read, did you read <clears throat> Sebastian's book? No. You have no interest in reading it? Um, I, you know what? No, I, I don't. I don't. I have... I have you were there. I have books. <laughs> I have books by friends that I haven't read yet, so I might want to get to those first. Do you want to do a book one day? No, no interest. No, I tell stories to you. <laughs> That's more fun for me. He ripped my nostrils out last night. I like did. You spilled a beer on my head. There is a there is a series of of photos. I, a simple photo op <laughs> of me, Snake, and Steve Brown, as I was saying earlier in the show, turned into an all out assault. It was awesome. There is literally, if you, I can show you on my phone, yeah, there's was, literally a, somebody took photos of about a string of like forty, and it, it literally looks like an assault. Someone's <laughs> pulling hair out. Snake literally has his fingers in my nostril. Yeah, and it's just like, uh, and then he walks up to me just now. And goes, How'd you sleep last night? Oh, just great. <laughs> <laughs> just great. Just great. A thousand beers and you're ripping my hair and nose out. It was wonderful. It was, was great. hammered up. Oh, my God. It was a good time. Well, who were we watching? Faster Pussycat. They were great. And, and it was great to watch them. They were them. great, man. And it's great to see how uh, well and healthy Tammy is. Too, awesome. man. Because he... I mean, he. We, I was saying earlier, he was in rough shape for, there for a while. And he just flipped a switch one day and became a different guy. Well, you know what? The world needs guys like him, man. And... and too many of our uh, of our compadres and our brethren are, are falling yeah. by the wayside. So, uh, I I personally didn't want to lose him. So I'm so happy that he's doing as well as he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. CP, what did you grow up listening to in in in, uh, in South Africa? What what kind of music was on was big there and was on your radar as a kid? What was on the spin? Um, growing up, there was always radio uh, radio playing. There was always music in the house, but it was more local artists, you know, Afrikaans. Sort of stuff that that. Um, but Any big American rock acts or British rock acts there though that really resonated? Yeah, Queen was quite a big. You know, Bon Jovi, right? Bon Jovi was huge. Yeah, um, that's two I, bands that are still huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I Queen's kinda, bigger now than they've been in forty years. Right. I think, right? It's yeah, crazy. And I, and I kind of cut my teeth on the on the first on the early Bon Jovi stuff, and then. Um, We're doing a couple shows with Bon Jovi, by the way. You are, yeah. really? Yeah. When oh, is in, that? In Europe, in uh, I think it's July. 
Oh, wow. In Austria. Austria. In Austria. Yeah. Talk about full circle, yeah. man, because yeah. everybody knows the history, well, your friendship with yeah. John, but also the history of the early days, the New Jersey tour yeah. and all that. I mean, my, wow, that's really cool, yeah, it's man. Yeah, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you were saying, see? So, yeah, I, when I grew up, my brother's five years older, and he, he brought music from school, you know, when, when I was a kid, and it was a lot of German pop for some reason. Aha, and... Um, Wow, Sandra and that sort of crap. Duran, Duran. Metallica just covered "Take on Me." By the way, by uh huh. Oh, did they? <laughs> For real, in, in concert, they played oh, no it. Shit. Yeah, they played. They played it as a goof because they were in the city where that band is from. Oh, or something. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's where it all kind of started off, and then I got introduced to Skid Row, and everything just went wrong. <laughs> 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 Wait, you, you haven't even seen the start of it yet. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember something, I've done an interview like this three other times yeah. introducing a new guy into the That's funny. You ain't the first rodeo here. Right on. Right on. <laughs> I wish you nothing but the best, but are you living in the U.S. now? I'm, I'm, be- I'm between houses, I reckon. Yeah. But you're based I'm in America. I'm still based in the UK, uh-huh. uh, but I spent a lot of time here. In the early history of you as the singer in this band, what's been a highlight so far? I know it's been only been you know two, three years, and I know you're working on a record, which we're going to yeah. talk about in a second. But for you, do you have a personal highlight already? I mean, maybe it's coming up, opening for Bon Jovi, I would think. Possibly, yeah. But, but so far, it's definitely been the first show. It was just, there's the deep end, boy, jump and swim, mm. if you can. <laughs> that was it, yeah, definitely. And what, do you have favorite songs that you like singing? Are there things that you really get into that, that uh, you wanted in the set or wanted to be sure that were in the set or personal favorites to you? They're all there, and there's we, there's only a lot of amount of time. I wish we could play more, you know, but um, definitely Quicksand Jesus is probably one of my favorite. Yeah, it's, a great it's song. A, it's a really deep track, and uh, yeah, I really get stuck in with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, you know, I work on him and Rachel Hard on the Subhuman Race album because I love it. It might be my favorite Skid Row record. They continue to shun it. They continue to pay no, me no mind. Not true. But I, oh, I definitely pay you no mind. I continue <laughs> to continue to. But do you like that record, Z? I you, love them all, dude. Yeah. Do you have Subhuman Race? I do. Frozen and, and Fire Sign and my enemy. I'm trying to get him, you know, jog his memory. The greatness. It's so of weird because you talk and all I hear is da, da, shut da. up. That's all I hear. <laughs> remember, I, remember, I can turn your mic off. I got the control, you <laughs> son of a bitch. But um, no, you're true. Obviously, when you do sets, you, you, the, the 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 bulk of the sets coming from the first two records is that yeah. what. And are you doing anything beyond that at all? Like uh, of the, the the uh, United World Rebellion yeah. stuff yeah, or. We are. I mean, I think there's great stuff on Thick Skin. Yeah, I, mean, we I are. still we listen do, to Thick Skin all the time. We do, uh, I think we're doing Ghost. Off a, of, uh, great song. Yeah, thank I you. mean, great song. Born a Beggar, great yeah, song. Yeah, I love that song, too. Uh, which goes back to Ozone Monday, actually. Right. That's, that, just remember yeah. that. But uh, so, so much good stuff. So much great, No shortage of great material. And we're going to take a break. When we come back on the other break, let's talk about new material that's coming. And it'll be determined if it's great or not. It's... Highly suspect when you consider snakes involved in it, but um, there will be a new Skid Row. It's a long-awaited Skid Row record, I'm assuming, coming. I know you're working right now on it, so we'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll take some questions from the audience that's uh, gathered here at Playmakers on the Monsters of Rock Cruise for, for Z and also Snake Sable from Skid Row. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, I'm sure you guys have seen and read so much about CBD, but a hard-to-find quality CBD company that is credible is really, really important, and CBD Lion is exactly that. 
Uh, CBD Lion is honest, provides third-party tests, and is a great-tasting product. You got to check it out, folks. A lot of you have been turned on to taking CBD, but finding an honest, reputable brand among the con artists trying to make a quick buck out there, well, that can be tough. But lucky for you, there is CBD Lion, a company that prides itself on quality and third-party lab testing to show you exactly what you pay for. They have an award-winning vape line and 10 excellent flavors, each having different potential effects. Available in disposable vape pens, cartridges, and shatter concentrate. And if you're not into smoking, there's no that's no problem at all. Uh, they're lotion They've got a great lotion, gummies, tinctures. Uh, they're right up your alley. The lotion is great for treating spots in need. Gummies are fantastic for tasty consumption on the go, and uh, it's all great stuff. It's flavorless, so it doesn't taste like you're eating dirt. It ranges in strength from 250 all the way up to 5,000 milligrams. And here's the best part. For listeners of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, check this out, folks. 20% off your order. All you got to do is go to cbdlion.com. That's cbdlion.com. Enter the coupon code TRUNK. My last name, T-R-U-N-K, at checkout. cbdlion.com. Enter the coupon code TRUNK for 20% off your order. What are you waiting for? cbdlion.com. Coupon code TRUNK for that 20% savings. Check it out. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Joining me uh, for a few more minutes till the end of the show is Snake Sabo, co-founding member of Skid Row, and ZP Tiert. Did I say it right? I'm trying to get it right. Tiert? Did I say it right? Tiart. Tiart, yeah. Tiart. There we go. Tiart. Who is the uh, you're you're going to be the new guy you know for pretty much be the forever new guy for how long has yeah. Rob been the drummer in the band ten years ten years so yeah yeah you, I took over from him he, <laughs> now I'm the new guy <laughs> you got the new guy mantle yeah. uh, but uh, you guys are working on a new record Snake is this now the whole United World Rebellion thing was a, a, two EPs so yep. far is this the, I knew the plan was to do a third EP or now if you change you're going to do a full record it's going to be doing? full it's a full length we did uh, we've we're working with Michael Wagner again, which has been just an absolute blessing. He's on the show. Yeah, he's man. Uh, it's it's amazing. You meet people over the course of your life that are just they're woven into the fabric of your life, and he's that guy. He with this band, and when he sits with us, he brings something out of all of us as individuals and as a band. We should before you continue, we should just tell people who aren't that well versed in the business, you know, making of records. Michael Wagner is a producer who did or the for, first two yes. Skid Row records, yeah. and did he do a, a, a Rebellion one of the EPs? No, he did uh, oh, he RPM. Did oh, Revolutions yeah. Per Minute, yeah. which was uh, the second record with right. Johnny. Okay, so this will be uh, this will be a return to working with him. Yeah, and it's a, just a, it's a it's a different set of circumstances um obviously z's first record with us so that's exciting in and of itself but there's just like there's been this like amazing amount of positivity in our camp for the last couple of years since he's joined the band and we've been you know doing a lot of shows and we've been fortunate enough to be able to tour consistently and the writing process was in the past it's always been really really difficult and for some reason Rachel and I just, you know, it, it worked. It worked really Difficult easily. even back in the day? Oh, my gosh, yeah. First record, second yep. record, difficult? Difficult. Why? I, I, a lot of it, for me, it's very frustrating for me because I have a hard time ex- extracting ideas. 
like I, I hear something in my head or feel something inside, but articulating that properly, it's always been difficult. Rachel, forget it. Like he writes lyrics and comes up with ideas so much uh, more fluidly than I ever have. So I'm kind of the weak link of the, of the pair, to be quite honest. Well, in the balance of the writing and the history of Skid Row, with you and Rachel writing the bulk of the material, and there's been some exceptions over the years, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Obviously, there's certain songs that other writers or yeah. a song only you or a song only him. But but basically, the balance of the partnership of the two of you guys, who who generally does more of the lyrics versus the he music? Does. He so does. He does. He's the, the he's more the lyric guy. Yes, without a doubt. And you're more the music guy. Uh, I you know what? Like with lyrics, he's he's just better at it than I am. Like he's just more fluid and he just knows how to be more poetic than I am capable of. I add or critique whatever. That's what we do. We just it's a back and forth. But you've had your moments like like I was talking last night with somebody and we were talking about uh, about everybody I just said how much I love Subhuman Race, but there's a song in Subhuman Race breaking down which you wrote yourself. Yeah. And I mean it's a brilliant song oh, with brilliant you. lyrics Thanks. as well. So you have those moments where that comes to you like that yeah, too. Few and far between. <laughs> But the the thing is, is our our relationship. Obviously, we're best friends, but we we realized a long time ago that there's certain things that he does really well that I don't do well, and vice versa. So we complement each other, and we're able to create Skid Row. And so with this record, though, the songs, a lot of them, it sounds very cliche, but a lot of them they kind of wrote themselves. We were kind of just conduits, if you will. We're sitting there in the studio at his place in Nashville and it's just oh man I don't know where this is coming from but it's just it's happening and so it was the most prolific would you say as Rise of Writing for a record I, you know like what? Where I, stuff I, just I, I don't want to say that because it's like putting a jinx on something before anyone's heard it but but uh, I think well, I'm not that, saying it's good right <laughs> I'm saying it's prolific I mean a lot came from it but so yeah. do you have the biggest well of material to pick from to make a record yeah I think so it's been quite a while since it, uh, again we just got in a, in a zone, the two of us, and we were able to just things just flowed. And it's a very positive record, like lyrically and vibe wise, it's up. You know, it's like it's got a great energy about it. We've finished bass and drums already on the twelve songs that are going to hopefully make it on the record. And uh, once once we're done with uh, with vocals and and whatnot, we'll we'll see what the record will be, and we may have to write more songs. Who knows? But right now. We're really confident about about where it's at. What was the first song you guys ever wrote together? A song called Telephone that never made it anywhere. Not even a demo? No. Uh, maybe. We might have demoed it uh, on in Rachel's parents' house with a 808 drum machine because he used to program a, a 808 and a four-track. So, yeah, there's a possibility. Terrible what? song. What? <laughs> it was. It was terrible. It was absolutely awful. What? Like your show. What? Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> He forgets so. Thank you. He forgets so quickly that I'm probably pretty much the only one on the planet that's going to play this record. <laughs> this out, especially on a national radio show. No so. accounting for taste over here. That's yeah, exactly right. So, um, uh, when you wrote, when you wrote, when you guys wrote "18 in Life," "Youth Gone Wild," I remember you. Did you know? when you were writing those songs, that they were going to become sort of career-defining songs? No. Or were they just songs for the record? Okay. No. It, it, my ego wouldn't have allowed me to think that way. And and still, it's like you... you it's just God's honest truth. You just hope 
to be able to connect in some way with people. And so when when 18 and Life started connecting, we were I get chills because I was blown, I'm still blown away when I see people singing those words back in uh, in a live setting. I'm I'm like I'm like oh my god! Like I was privileged to be a part of something that is still resonating with people 30 years later. That's an amazing, humbling thing for 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 us. I remember you <clears throat> nearly didn't make the record. We wrote it, Rachel and I wrote it, and we were like, eh, it's all right. And if had it not been for Scotty, Sebastian, Scott McGee, our former manager, being in a rehearsal room in Tom's River, New Jersey, in the garage going, that song's got to be on a record. Rachel and I were like, eh, it's all right. Mm. Like, we didn't see it the way everybody else saw it. And thankfully, we put it on the record and, you know, it's become... You know, obviously, uh, a mainstay in our set and something that helped, like you said, define the band. Was there a song that you wrote, you guys wrote back in the day, that you thought was a slam dunk and didn't become one? That when you finished, like, oh shit, that's going to be huge, and it just didn't connect. Breaking down. I, I thought I thought breaking down was was going to. I thought it was. I hoped it would have done better than it did. Which is, it was in a movie, right? Wasn't it a movie soundtrack? Prophecy. Prophecy, yeah. right? Christopher Walken movie, yeah. yeah. Again, from Subhuman Race. Z, for you, uh, you, you know, into this band now a couple of years, a bunch of live shows under your belt, It's it's got to be really exciting for you, I would think, to now be able to really put your stamp on being a part of the band by having a record. I mean, I think that's the real sort of sign that somebody's really yeah. made their mark in a band. Yes, you can do all the live shows you want, but then you've got a piece of the catalog where you're actually on a record. So for you, this has got to be an exciting oh, time totally, to have that moment. Totally, dude. Yeah. As a kid, I'm like, fuck me, I'm going to be on a Skid Row record, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How many people can say that? Yeah, I'm over the moon. I, I couldn't be happier, dude. And absolutely. have you gotten? Have you been brought into the process yet in terms oh, yes. of hearing oh, anything absolutely. or whatever? Oh yeah. yeah, no, he's he's contributed to the songwriting as well. So, oh wow, okay. Yeah, it's it's been. We've contrary to popular belief. We've always had a very open policy about songs. Best idea wins, regardless of where they come from. So other people can say what they want to say about that process, past and present members. But that's the truth. Best idea wins. Yeah. And so we're, uh, we, we have this one track. It's, like, it's almost eight minutes long, believe it or not. For us, that's, that's crazy. It's Prague. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. We're on the wrong cruise. Yeah, dream so, theater. <laughs> right, exactly. So, but and Z contributed to that, uh, you know, a lot of the lyrics and and melodies and stuff like that as well. So, so the target ra- target date for the record this July, year, I think. Yeah. Oh, you get it out this year? Yeah, I hope so. All yeah. right, cool. Yeah. All right, listen, I've got about literally four or five minutes before I have to end the show. Right to the second. Anybody got a question for the guys? Come on up, Jay. Great shirt. Oh, draw the line shirt. Come yeah, on, great that's shirt. awesome. Great shirt. I'm Jay. Exit three. Yes. Heights, New Jersey. <laughs> Good man. Thanks for yeah, a lot of reference. We've enjoyed using the Thank you. I should ask this out at the Q&A. If I asked you what state in the United States has the greatest ball busters, what would you say? A Jersey. And no question. No question no about question. it. No question. No question. And, and the only state to utilize the word jerk off. 
proper <laughs> jersey, right? Yeah, that's it, man. You're a good man. Have a great cruise. Yeah, thank you very me, much. Hey, along those lines, let me tell you a funny story that happened very recently. Snake and I, I was as I was saying last night when we were drinking, hanging out, I said, I've, I've literally known Snake well over 30 years. Mm-hmm. We grew up not far from each other. I saw Skid Row before Sebastian was in the yeah. band, in the clubs. I saw these songs being, you know, Matt Fallon singing yeah. Studio One, all, that, all the days. Remember when they got signed, everything. And so we've got this history. He's always been, and I, this, I mean this as a total compliment, he's always been the same dickhead. <laughs> it's true. Whether, it's true. Whether, whether he was on MTV every two seconds yep. or whether he was broke playing a club, yep. he's always been this same idiot. That's yeah, true. And, and we were, um, this, I'll never forget this. For those that don't know, Snake also is, believe it or not, despite appearances, actually a successful manager himself. <laughs> he manages artists through McGee Entertainment. And I was, uh, when Snake's in management mode, he'll wear like a button down shirt yeah, or man, something, you know? For real. So I'm at, I'm at Sirius XM headquarters in New York and I'm doing my show. Oh, dude, this is the best. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in the studio and I'm interviewing Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless. Yep. And she doesn't know anything about, you know, she doesn't even know who, he, she didn't even realize who he was. But I'm in there and I'm in the middle of this pretty, you know, intense, I forget, we're getting into some heavy uh, subject matter and we're talking and, I have no idea he's even in the building. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of conversation, like a blur, he comes running through while we're live on the air, punches me hard as hell right in the shoulder, turns around and goes and runs back out of the studio. And she, you know, she's like 30 years younger than us. And she just looks and she goes, whoa, what was that? (laughs) She goes... That looked like some sort of like really weird friend shit or something or something like that. And I was like, yeah, it pretty much was. That's how we express ourselves. But I think I yelled into your mic like you're listening to you on the radio is like sniffing a really bad fart. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then ran out. And then just wailed on my shoulder and That's ran right. out. But the look of her, she was horrified. Like security, like what just happened? Because it was in and out like that. It was amazing. If you ever see, there's an old Skid Row video. Uh, it was, was it Roadkill? Yeah. When you guys are in the airports and you're yeah. pulling your the sweatpants down. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's never ending hijinks. And, and <laughs> yep. Z, are you catching any of that as the new guy in the band? I'm dishing out, dude. Oh, you're dishing <laughs> wow. Good for you, buddy. I had to figure out it's, it's very quick. Eat to be eaten, you know, so I'm eating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You may want to invest in, a, in, a, in an athletic cup, too, yeah, because yeah. they've been do, known to do uh, some nut, nut shots, shots when you're not uh, looking either, yeah. which are no fun at all. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we've got to end on, on, on the second here on time. So I appreciate you guys dropping Thank by. You. I'm looking forward to seeing you sing for the first time Thank tonight with the man. band, man. Right uh, and it's, uh, Thank you. And, and Thanks, guys. Great song. Can't wait to hear them. One of my favorite bands. Everybody knows that. My good buddies, Skid Row, and they'll be performing tonight on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Hey, it's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and that was Snake and ZP from Skid Row from the Monsters of Rock Cruise this past February. Good to visit with those guys. Good to meet ZP. And, of course, always great to bust some chops and talk to my old friend, Snake Sabo of Skid Row. Take a break. We'll come back. Interview number two on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast is with Glenn Hughes, a newer interview talking about his current touring, uh, playing Deep Purple and uh, some other stuff you'll find interesting as well. Glenn is up next on the Eddie Trunk podcast. The Eddie Trunk podcast.
Hey, if you like my show, check out The Producer's Guide, Todd Garner and the Hollywood Elite on Podcast One. And this summer, things are heating up as Todd sits down with podcast darling Anna Faris and the director of Avengers Endgame, Joe Russo. Download new episodes of The Producer's Guide every week on Apple Podcasts and, of course, Podcast One. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back. Eddie Trunk here. As promised, Glenn Hughes took some time out to give me a call a couple weeks ago as he was getting ready to do some U.S. dates for the uh, current touring he is doing. Still doing the All Deep Purple show. A phenomenal show if you had a chance to see it. I have, and it's really pretty amazing. So Glenn wanted to call in with a little bit of an update, and here is what he had to say. He is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Mr. Glenn Hughes. How are you, Glenn? I'm great. hope everyone is feeling wonderful on a very sunny day in New York. You are on Long Island. You're playing the Paramount in Huntington tonight. I've never been there, but I hear right. it's a great venue, everybody tells me. Oh, it is. I, I played there with California Breed about four, four or five years ago. It's fantastic. I'm looking forward to it so much. How are you, Eddie? I'm very good, Glenn. Busy as hell like you, you know, in a million directions like I know you are as well. But uh, oh, yeah. no complaints yeah, really. when you're living the dream playing rock and roll, right? You know, isn't it crazy that... Um, I think I'm busier now than I've ever been here. Maybe the 70s was wacky, but I've never been this damn busy, and I'm really grateful that that is occurring. How do you feel health-wise? I mean, you've been through a lot. Everybody knows you had heart surgery. You mean, you've been through a lot, and I saw you play last summer, and it was stunning, and you look and sound as good as ever, and I'm saying that sincerely. But how do you feel, Glenn? How's your health? Everything good? It's good. I just got to, you know, get my sleep and I got to drink a lot of water, watch the caffeine, um, exercise. I read a lot of books. I try, and, I try and stay as calm as humanly possible for someone that is like full tilt. So I just try and, and, and stay as calm as possible and get, again, a lot of sleep. Yeah, that's what they tell you. What about why? What? Why is the caffeine? Is that because of the heart issue that you had to stay no, off of that? I, no, I think my doctors. You know, I think I. You know, I stopped for instance. I stopped the Red Bulls and the Monster stuff. It's just bad for me. Um, I'm a lightweight when it, regarding caffeine, so I just have to be very. I can't drink caffeine uh, after eleven o'clock in the morning. So, but that's really no issue for me. I, I'm just at a place in my life now. The path is very obvious where I'm going. And obviously where I come from. So all I know, I'm living in this moment. This present is all I care about is this, this, this moment right now. Hey, Glenn, are you a little off the phone because you sound a little distant as far as the phone is? Are you on a speaker or something? No, I'm on the headset. Can I take it off? Yeah, because we want to hear you a little bit better if we can. Get it? Yeah, that'll be a little, that sounds a little better. No problem, kid. All good. Yeah, way, way better. Thank you. So, um... So all is good, and you're out still doing what you've been doing now for a little bit, which is the Deep Purple stuff, right? Yeah. You know, again, I want to you know, reiterate what I told you last year, Eddie. When we got inducted into the Hall of Fame, was it three years ago, this last month, um, I got proposed all kinds of offers and stuff to do the legacy work that I did in the 70s. You know, I'd ne- I've never done a complete Deep Purple show before, and I thought it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to add a few extra songs to do it and you know i've had the opportunity to travel around the world for the last oof, almost two years now 
doing this show and it's you know an amazing event for me to do and uh, I get to honor the legacy that I created back in the 70s. It is an incredible show. It's unbelievable how great the band is, how great you are singing it, playing it. I cannot recommend it more highly, having seen it myself. And uh, I got to ask you along those lines, since you're still doing the purple thing, uh, of course, the time you were in Deep Purple, you were in the band with David Coverdale as well. And I just saw David okay. recently, and I'm going to see him on Thursday. And, and I know you guys are still very close. Um David, you know, David made some news recently where he made some statements about you and him being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Purple and how he was not necessarily made to feel comfortable or welcome no. in that environment. Can, can you speak on that? How, how was it for you? I think in general, I think most people, a lot of people know in the industry, maybe, I think maybe some fans know that there's, there's no relation. David and I don't have a relationship with anyone else in, in Deep Purple at all. Although we did work with, of course, you know, John Lord and Richie and Ian Pace. Um, we just don't have a relationship. It's very difficult to be in a band with someone when you're in your early 20s. And all those years later, no one wants to really converse. No one wants to reach out. So David and I had to sit down and said, you know something? We're going to go get that award. And we're going to sit at that table and have fun. And we had fun with Cheap Trick and Cheryl Crow in Chicago at the end of the show. It really, you know, it was a disappointing event for most of us because um, it didn't feel like a family. And as we all know out there, people listen to this lovely show, a lot of bands from the 60s and 70s and 80s, they don't really talk to each other anyway. But it was so damn obvious that night. It was a bit strange. But I walked through it, got along with it, and David and I had a lot, a lot of fun. And we are very close, and I love him to pieces. So did did you not have ent any interaction with the, those other guys at all? Was there a, 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 a did you acknowledge each other? Was there anything? I must behind say, I was, I, you know me well enough. I always put my hand out and da 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 da. Uh, that's what I've always done. Um, there was a, a lack of communication. There was no eye contact. It was very. And I know this is good copy for you, Eddie. I know people are probably loving to hear this stuff. But for David and I, it was a little bit. It was a bit heinous. I just thought it was very inappropriate. We're all on this stage as brothers, and I didn't feel a sense of camaraderie. I felt more closer to Lars than anyone else. But, again, David and I uh, accepted our award with grace, and we're very, very excited by it all. What do you think that's about, Glenn? Do you just think it's, you know, I, I know that you don't have a relationship there anymore, but do you just think that it's no. about, well, you guys are a different era? Or, I mean, obviously it was a different lineup, but Ian Pace is there. He was in the band with you. I mean, you guys shared that time. But what do you think is at the core of that? Is it a business thing? Is it an ego thing? What do you think it is? I think it's a, a core of all the things you mentioned. I think it's business. I think it's personal. I think it's... I don't, you know, I have scratched my head years and years and years ago asking that same question. I think it affected David a little more than I did. Uh, than I, so I don't know. He was very perturbed that we weren't asked to sing with them, you know. And um, I think he spoke, if he called Ian Gillen up, I said, well, good luck. Uh, it didn't bother me whatsoever because I knew Paul Schaefer was going to invite us to sing at the end of the show. So... We got to do it. Look, for every Deep Purple family this month, one, two, three, or four, I think everybody would love to have heard Burn. And, you know, the fact is, is that I knew going into it, Eddie, that it wouldn't happen. David, on the other hand, let me talk to Ian Gillen. <laughs> and, of course, he did call him up, and it, it didn't go well. So I only want to wish 
all members of Deep Purple, past or present, the very, very best love coming from me. I have no trust to bear. I just had David on the show the other day, and I'm going to see him in Florida in a couple of days. And uh, the other thing that, da- you know, David is in a mode in his life, it seems, where he really wants to, and I guess this comes with being older, bury the hatchet with anyone he had issues with and yeah. just, you know, wants to connect with everyone again. And to that end, you know, he said he's been trying to have and reaching out and having some dialogue with, with Blackmore or his wife yep. and or his wife. Yep. Have you had any a dialogue with Richie at all? You and I haven't spoken about this, Eddie, or maybe we haven't. I've just forgotten. But, but it, two years ago, was it, yeah, two years ago, I got a call from one of Richie's camp uh, asking me if I'd like to be part of what was now called Rainbow uh, as a singer. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, it'd be really great to go and connect with Richie, have a bit of lunch with him on Long Island. I'll fly in and fly out. And uh, I, I'm saying this with love and respect. I got a call the night before I was in a flight at JFK. This would have been 18 months ago. And, and um, Carol, bless her, uh, said they'd found a new singer who would be Ronnie Romero. And would I like to, to join the band as a, you know, a background singing bass player? And I said to myself, let me just have one second to think about that. <laughs> I said, look, you know, anyone who wishes Richie all the very, very best, I want all of you to have fun, but I have to decline that offer because I am a singing dude, as you know. I mean, it's, I've come a long way in the last 40 years to get where I am now as a singer, and um, I only feel comfortable doing what I think is appropriate. Again, I would have loved to have done it to hang with Richie and have some fun with him because we had a lot of fun here and I, but it wasn't meant to be. So I don't, as you know, Eddie, we, no one really gets to speak to Richie uh, I think they all speak to Carol. I have no animosity towards any of the camp in Deep Purple or Rainbow, but I only want to wish him only the very best. Let's talk about what you got going on. So you're playing in the at the Paramount tonight, which is on Long Island. Mm-hmm. You've done, you've been all over the world doing this Deep Purple show, and I, I'm looking at your dates, your past dates, and your your upcoming dates. You've literally taken this all over the world. You have a stellar band that plays it with yeah. you. Again, I, I've yeah. seen it, and 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 your your voice is as stunning as ever. Uh, what has the reaction been? What have the highlights been for you, Glenn, to revisit this material and? to take it around the world like you just have well i know you know this as a fact because any any band from the 70s that is still going or anyone from the 70s that is still able to get up there and do what they do he or she i look in the audience and i see people of fans or followers sorry i hate the word fan followers of my age then i see their kids and they're all i mean i might be playing mixed for city i'm I'm, I'm playing or you know in 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 moscow or, or taiwan and they're, they're all singing the words. All these teenagers are singing my words. You know, it's, oh, my God, it's so overwhelming to see the audience uh, in any country singing these songs. They may not speak English, but they can sing in English. So I'm overwhelmed with the fact that people are coming to see this man, which is me, uh, do the legacy that he created all those years ago. I'm humbled by it, full of gratitude. And it's almost like... I don't want it to stop. This, this train is moving so quickly that I have to really center myself and enjoy it. I don't want to think about tomorrow's show. All I'm thinking about is tonight in Huntington at the Paramount. I can't wait to get there. 
Well, you're at the hunting. You're at the Paramount. Then you're at the Wall Street Theater, Norwalk, Connecticut, and that mm-hmm. is tomorrow. And yes. then two shows at Les Paul's Legendary Club, the Iridium in New York. That's coming up the 26th and 27th. A very small, intimate venue, which is amazing I, to see you there. Eddie, how am I going to get my bass rig in there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then you go to Ohio, the Empire Theater. I'm looking at your website, Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Clyde Theater, and the Arcata Theater, St. Charles, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Then you got Love Michigan, it. and then you're going, uh, you're going to your native land. You're going to the UK. Yeah. Huh? That that tour is pretty much sold out. So a lot of these events are sold out or selling out quick now. So you know, again, I'm work, Eddie. I'm working. My last show is. Uh, Funny enough, my last show is in Halloween in Moscow. And then I'm going to... No, I'm wrong again. There's another English tour happening at the end of November. So November 28th, I'll be... Re- 29th, I'll be returning home to LA where I'm going to take December off. Can you believe it? I'm on the road for nine months again this year. How wonderful is that? Wow. You can find out all the information at glennhughes.com and find out if uh, where Glenn is in the world where you get an opportunity to see him. And you know what, Glenn? I got word on something you're already doing in 2020, which I've done and, and really enjoy, and I'm sure I'll be a part of again, and that is the uh, what's called the On the Blue Cruise, which is with Justin Hayward and that crew. Yeah. And that that's uh, You're already booked on a cruise for 2020. Yeah. Do you enjoy doing a, a cruise? Yes, and I did, I did one with BCC last year, you know, and um, Justin's a really dear friend of mine. For anyone that did, I think, Eddie, you know this, I was signed to the Moody Blues label, Threshold, uh, in the early 70s with Trapeze. So I've known Justin forever, loving his pieces, and I got an opportunity to, to join this, this cruise and, and do what I do, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going out April 1 through 8 of 2020 on the Blue Cruise, headlined by Justin Hayward. And and actually, John Lodge produced Trapeze, right? He did. The first record. The first two records, yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah, that's really good friends of mine. Really. That, that, who, who can imagine a band, any band, could bring an unknown band from, from called Trapeze from the UK to, to Los Angeles and, and do some shows without an album being out? It's incredible. So, Glenn, when you're done doing this run of of these dates this year, uh, doing the purple set that you're doing, uh, what do you plan to do beyond that? Are you going to continue doing purple? Or are you going to change gears to another solo album? What What are you thinking? I'm not sure about recording a solo album right now, but I am going to do something else. Um, a challenge is coming up for me. I'll share with you a little later in the year about that, Eddie. I'll come okay. to you first. You know I always do that. But I will be doing the Deep Purple Legacy show uh, whenever I can I just need to put the brakes on at the end of this year because it'll be two two years and four months of, of constant touring I need I need a breather so but I have other things in the pipeline that uh, I'm really excited about and a challenge for me I love a good challenge and of course you did a Black Country Communion record you did BCC4 uh, another record in the pipeline with that band you'd like to do I spoke to Jason, uh, sorry, I spoke to Derek and Joe last Friday about possibility of doing more, whether it's, we know we're going to record an album, but are we going to play live? That's my whole, you know, look, Eddie, we all know how great BCC is on the records, but this is an incredible band. All I wanted to do was, was form a band with Joe, Derek and Jason and, and play these songs live. It's been difficult, 
I'm not upset or resentful over that, but I'm so damn busy now. I'm just hoping we can get a window of opportunity to do what we do. Yeah, everybody has so many different things going on at the same time, but it would be great if you guys could make a make a carve out a month or something to be able to do a run of shows because I've seen BCC live and it is it is also incredible. And it would yeah. be great to give people a chance to take that out on the road and see it one more time. I just love I just love all these guys in this band. It's such a, I mean, Joe's really really good family. I just love him so much, and I've known Jason since he was in Diapers. I come down, I was staying at John's house in 1972, and I come down the stairs, I'm here, I thought, I was at Bonzo on the drums, it was, it was Jason, he was like six <laughs> years old, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and of course he's out there playing with Sammy Hagar now, and uh, yeah. you know I'll be seeing him soon as well, and he's having a lot of fun doing that. I know. Um, one last thing I want to ask you, Glenn, because I have when people ask me and we talk about singers, and I don't, you know, I'll, I'll never forget Kevin Shirley. I think it was made a great point. He said, you know, so many people talk about Glenn's voice because it's so stunning that sometimes his his bass playing which is also yeah. phenomenal gets overlooked. <laughs> Interestingly enough, you 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 were on Joe Satriani's last record and only played bass. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And Isn't when I had crazy? Joe when I had Joe on, I said, "How do you have Glenn Hughes on your record and not have him at least sing a song?" And he said, "Everybody asked me that." He goes, "And that's exactly why I didn't do it because everyone would have expected no, that." He goes, "I wanted I, I, to just I, showcase Glenn's Glenn's showcase Glenn's playing." I'll make it a brief answer to that all the time making that album as we were recording the songs we were recording live i'd go to joe and say hey don't you hear a vocal thing there <laughs> every song i'm like don't you hear a little inflection on the vocal there but it was it was fun and i I'd do it again i just love playing basses you know everybody knows about my vocals but the only thing is is i just love playing that bass guitar it really gets, yeah. me, gets me going yeah so, so what my point was that whenever, whenever we talk about singers and the guys as they get older, who's good still and who who, who lost something. I mean, you, you're the benchmark. I mean, and I have no problem saying that you are the benchmark. Anybody that knows anything knows you are the benchmark for greatness in singing. It's it's it is. There's no other word for it but stunning what you do vocally oh, still. Um, I've got to ask you a quick thing, though. Have you ever seen a, or heard or do you know of a singer by the name of Jay Buchanan from the band Rival Sons? He's a close friend of mine, and I love what you're saying about him and the band. I had my own show uh, you know, in, in London on Planet Rock about seven years ago, and I remember meeting Jay and Scott. I was hosting a party for John Barbados in Hollywood, and I met these two kids. I'm thinking, they look like rock and rollers. And they, they handed me an album called Pressure and Time. He said, can you play this? I said, yeah, let me just... I didn't even listen to it. I just put it on. And I'm going, what is this? Of course, all these years later, we're very, very close friends. Uh, Dave Cobb produces them, as you know, and he produced me yeah. in California. Group. I love Jay. I love the band. I think they are the greatest young, talented band in America, for sure. And I only want to wish them and all their followers great. Just if you don't know who they are, for God's sake, go listen to Rival Sons. Barrow Roots is one of the best records I've ever heard in the last ten years. And all power to you. And thank you so much for being so kind and graceful to that vanity. Well, I agree with you, everything you just said, and that's the only reason why I do it, because I feel that strongly. But I just saw them live, and watching Jay sing, he is the only guy I've ever seen that has a power similar to yours. I mean, he has the mic down by his waist. I know, I know. And the vocal is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. And I'm like, no, this guy, this guy and Glenn Hughes, it's like, now, I mean, you guys have different ranges to your voice, but it's remarkable watching him sing just like it is watching you sing. Of course, you've got some years on him, which makes what you do even more insane. But it's just stunning I, I, to watch guys do what they do like that. If I can share this, so Jay doesn't mind me saying this, but he's very, very deeply spiritual. And I'm walking that same path. Uh, we, we do we do talk about this. And I, I just love the way he's, he's chosen the right path. All those years ago, I wasn't on that path. And of course, I am now. But I, love, I just love, I just personally, I think Jay's a wonderful young, young guy, you know. Well, my thanks to Glenn Hughes right there. And earlier in the podcast, my thanks to ZP and Snake from Skid Row. Appreciate you guys listening to the, to the uh, Eddie Trunk podcast. It's new every Thursday and always free, podcastone.com or iTunes. And be sure to check out my daily radio show if you live in the U.S. and Canada on Sirius XM Channel 106 Volume. I'm live every day talking rock with you, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Show replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And it's always available anytime time you want on demand on the Sirius XM app. Catch you guys on the radio. Catch you if you are at uh, Epicenter or if you're going to hang out or if you're going to Rocklahoma. Big festival month here in May. I'll see you guys out and about and be sure to listen to the podcast. Check out the radio show each and every day, like I said, on Sirius XM as well. Have a great week. Catch you next Thursday for another all new episode. is just around the corner. Jen and I always talk about throwing a pair of hoops. By the way, mine are from Claire's from forever ago still. They're like rotting, but they were. They're really cute. <laughs> Now's the perfect time to check out Mama Said with Jamie Lynn Ziegler and Jenna Paris on Podcast One. Brought to you by the Lady Gang Network. If he does something negative, like shove his brother or call the nanny stupid, mm-hmm. which he did yesterday, we take him away. Download new episodes of Mama Said every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money.